0: hello and welcome to between the Tees, the knowledge sharing program with texas bank and trust i'm your host aaron may Today we're going to discuss a rather common topic, but it's one of absolute vital importance about financial management, especially for young adults. Whether you just recently graduated from high school, finishing up your college degree, or landed that dream job and beginning your career, understanding how to effectively plan for your expenses before the month begins can make a world of difference in where your future takes you. In today's episode, we sit down with my co-host Blake Bradshaw and our guest Rochelle Carter to discuss the blueprint for an effective written budget. We will examine what a budget is and what a budget is not. We will also evaluate some of the common myths and challenges that people encounter when establishing a written financial plan. But before we dive in, please keep in mind that the information we discuss today is for informational and educational purposes only. Every financial situation is unique, so we encourage you to speak with a trained professional in your area directly about your situation. Also, if you happen to live within one of Texas Bank & Trust's markets, we would love to be your bank, but this information we'll discuss today is useful to you no matter where you live. So, let's dive into this discussion. Blake, how are you doing today?
1: Hey, good. Thank you uh, for for letting me
0: co-host with you. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be a good conversation. So, Blake, you've worked with Texas Bank & Trust for... Fifteen years. Wow. Yeah. What's your What's your role now?
1: Role now is uh, the official title is assistant vice president and portfolio manager. Um, unofficial title. I've got a commercial lending background, but more I'm a relationship manager. So okay. that could be deposits or loans or our online services, uh, managing relationships. Um, somebody comes in, doesn't know what they want or need, I can point them in the right right direction and then just be their point of contact whenever they need something. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So I know you also have a passion for financial literacy outside of the bank. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, being in, in college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I, I wanted to do a little bit of everything. And so I figured business would be perfect for that. And, um, And it just seems like no matter what profession you're in or industry, um, finances are involved, um, even if you're not in business uh, personally. And so um, I I figured the best way I could help the most people would be in finances. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So you've also done some training as a financial coach and helped uh, people get their budgets in order and all that stuff.
1: That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, it – Going through that, going through that coach training, uh, it helped me um, listen better, uh, understand people's situation, um, and very little of it's information. It's more of just behavior issues, Absolutely. you know, that we face. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, learning that, I was I was able to help people more than just providing the information on. Well, here's the steps to do it uh cause I feel like a lot of us know what to do. We just don't know how to, how to do it. Yeah. Right. And how, you know, cause we're all different, but, um, yeah, so that, uh, i I, I love doing that. I love, love, uh, coaching people, teaching people and, and seeing that change in their lives. And that light bulb goals. moment
0: when it comes on and it's like finally making sense. It's, it's such a wonderful experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and
1: it's, and it's usually like that comes from within. Yeah. You know, me not, me not telling that person, um, what needs to change, but them saying it is so much powerful because it's, it's their words and yeah. they formed that. And so, um, that's, that's kind of where that change or transformation happens. You yeah. Know, that's, that's exciting to, to witness. That's awesome. Um,
0: so this is going to be our first in a series of three episodes discussing, uh budgeting and co blake is going to be my co-host for all three episodes and we also have a guest with us Rochelle carter Rochelle, how are you today
2: i'm doing well happy to hear be here with you guys
0: excellent so you've been with the bank for how long now
2: um i have been with texas bank and trust for 23 years now 12 of those years were in the accounting department but currently i am the deposit operations manager So, my official title is Vice President and Deposit Operations Manager, but like Blake said, when you're here for any length of time, you build relationships across the many different markets that we have within Texas Bank and Trust and build relationships with different uh, areas. And so... uh, Really, by virtue of how long I've been here and by being in the accounting department, sometimes it helps me to kind of bridge the gap when people aren't sure who they need to call or which department handles something. And so, I'm always happy to be a point of contact. And I like to kind of find out the information for them before I just transfer them to a lot of different areas. Absolutely. So, It's been a wonderful experience.
0: So tell us a little bit about your background. Um, I know you enjoy helping people with uh, budgets too, and you also have uh,
2: several grown children that are... I do. And so um, one of the things that I really enjoy um, starting working in the accounting department, it kind of just blossomed into where I've had the opportunity and the privilege of doing budgeting for our student board of directors i kind of assisted with that several years in a row Um, and working as the finance secretary for my ministry for my church and so i always enjoy helping people get a better understanding of how their finances work and my role now in deposit operations you know we get a lot of customers that sometimes get in a financial situation and they really don't understand how they got there, and so count not necessarily as a counselor, but helping them talk through maybe where they missed something and how it dominoed, um, and talking them through those things has really been a good. You know, I've been blessed to be able to assist in those ways. Absolutely. And then, like you said, I have um, I have two adult sons and a couple of grandkids now. And teaching them uh, how to avoid, hopefully, some of the pitfalls that I learned as a young adult, to be there and kind of walk them through those things um, is an ongoing teaching opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So that brings us to the topic of our discussion today. Um, our main goal for this program is for us to uh, be open and to be real about our personal experiences and about our opportunities that we've had to help people but also about what's happened in our lives we went uh, much of the knowledge we're going to discuss today is going to come from our own personal experiences with finances with budgets and it kind of reminds me of a tagline i heard from a uh, um, insurance commercial one time where it's like he says we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two you know i feel like i'm passionate about talking about finances and financial literacy and i know both of you are as well because we've seen a thing or two we've experienced it i know for I was one of those guys, neck deep in debt in college. Had car loans, student loans, car- credit cards, more debt than I could imagine. But it wasn't until I learned how to manage my uh, finances properly that things started to make sense. Paid off all of our debt and have changed my life. It's uh, something that I know I look back and I say, I wish I could have told my 18 year old self this. Mm-hmm. You know, saved myself so much headache. But you know, I can't go back in the past. We don't ha- haven't invented time machines yet. But what I can do. Is go and talk to other eighteen-year-olds, other twenty-year-olds, other college graduates who are just getting ready to start their career and may not, maybe like me, and not have had a plan, may not have known what the true direction to go is, and so sitting down and talking to them about what proper steps to take to prepare themselves for life after life on your own, you know, life after uh, after college, so. That opens up our first discussion question is why is creating a budget
2: so hard for so many people? Well, if you don't mind, I'll jump in real quick. I think part of it is, uh, like you said, very few people realize that you need a plan for every area of your life. And so uh, they plan where they want to go to school. They plan activities and vacations, but they really think that finances is something that just happens. And so I think, in my opinion, that that's part of it is they just really don't realize that you need to have a a vision, a plan, written steps for how you want your money to work for you.
0: Do people think it just happens because no one ever talks about it? Or do you think people think it just happens because they think that, well, once I'm an adult, I'll understand
2: No, as a parent, I really do believe a lot of the uh, 18-year-olds and the young adults that are coming out of school, because things have always just appeared for them. You know, they've never had to wonder about, you know, how are the bills being paid when I needed a car, you know, those things have just always been there for them. And so, I think they really do think things just happen, and they don't realize that, their parents have put a lot of hard work into making those things happen for them, and so when they get their first real job or their career job, and they start to see how expensive things are, that's when they realize there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I, I really like what you said that you know we we plan for all these things, and I you know I feel like budget uh, kind of gets a bad. you know and and so but i like what you said about a plan you know it's more it sounds like it's more of a financial plan um and uh but you know one thing when i was in school financial literacy wasn't wasn't taught a lot right it was it was more introduced as i as into the school system when i was out of the school um but uh what what would you say about people that say like, "Well, I don't have anything, so how you know how do I how do I create a budget with?"
2: Well, and I to me, I think one of the things that um, and Aaron said it earlier. I think the word budget itself has a bad connotation, and so if you use the word plan, sometimes people can accept that a little bit better because if you tell them budget, then all of a sudden they think that they're um confined that they don't have it's like it. handcuffs exactly yeah. exactly they they think oh well now you're telling me I don't have any freedom or if you let them know that it's a plan then it puts the it puts the control kind of back in their hands to let them know listen you really can to a certain extent define the destiny of your money if you make a plan or you can allow life to happen to you by just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. So I think that's the first thing is to take away, you know, the stigma behind the word budget. Yeah. Um, So that kind of helps them start talking through it and taking ownership for where they want their life to be.
0: I know for me, one of the things that uh, a quote that I heard that really helped me to start to understand what the budget was. So it was a John Maxwell quote it says, a budget is telling your money where you want it to go instead of looking back at the end of the month and wondering where it went. And that, it meant so much to me because I was like, wow, how many times did I just nickel and dime my money away thinking, well, I just did this little mental math in my head and I said, as long as I can beat beat payday to where my money's in the account before payday, then I'm okay. And so then I Um, play this mental game, and I just look back at the end of the month. I'm like, how did I blow an entire paycheck in two weeks? What happened? I didn't plan for it. I didn't budget where this money was going to go. It just disappeared. And Then once I started writing a budget and started saying, okay, I'm going to give myself this much money for groceries. I'm going to give myself this much money for activities and stuff like that. I started sticking to it I realized I had more money left over at the end of the month. I'm like, how did I get all this extra money? And it wasn't that I had extra money as I'd been nickel and diming it just a few dollars here, a few dollars there. And so sticking to a, a pre-planned budget changed, changed things a lot.
1: Absolutely. So what is, what is, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about like the first budget I ever had. Uh, And it wasn't until I was a teller here, that I created a budget and it was yeah. on like a little sticky note while I was, you know, being a teller in the commercial line. Um, but what is, what did y'all's first budget look
2: like? Like how did how did y'all mess. prepare that? <laughs> it was a mess. I was going to say mine um, really because I am very, um, I'm very much pen and paper. You know, I love all of the new fancy electronic budgeting apps and budgeting tools but I'm still one of those people that I have to actually touch it, fill it. And so I kept just a spiral notebook um, and I would write down what my income was and what all of my bills were going to be. And when I started out in banking, because I started out as a vocation student, senior year of high school, um, and I was just fortunate that my vocational job was at a bank and so i made four dollars and 25 cents an hour which is what minimum wage was when i was a senior in high school and four dollars and 25 cents an hour and you work 20 hours a week does not really go that far Mm -hmm. and so i had to really learn okay because at that time i had a car payment as a senior that was my only responsibility i lived at home but i was responsible for my car payment, but I only worked 20 hours a week. And so I was fortunate that the bank that I worked at, um, they taught me, hey, take what your paycheck is going to be and write down how much money you've got coming in and what your bills are. And of course I had the one bill, but that gave me a picture being able to see, oh, this is what I'm expecting my check to be, this is my one expense. This is how much money I have left. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very uh, basic and um, nothing fancy to it. It was simply pen to paper.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What was yours like? You said you didn't make one till your first in college. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so uh, it was It was kind of late in college. And, uh, you know, I had a couple jobs, sometimes two to three jobs at one time while i was going through, through in college but when i when i started working as a teller it was one job and and i was living with my parents so my expenses were very very little and um i was like man i'm i had a goal that i wanted and i was like well how do i do that because i've i've always lived paycheck to paycheck yeah and i was like you know i just spent whatever i had on whatever i wanted because you know parents took care of most of the, the bills and so mine was just kind of like food and gas and entertainment right right? and so uh, once I had a goal I was like well I can't live paycheck to paycheck so how do I you know what does that look like and so I just I kinda did something the same I I wrote down my paychecks um, and then I kinda estimated how much I spent on my gas you know my big ticket items and, and broke it down and it really helped when I had my buddy next to me Doing the same thing, like we would talk about it. And so it was almost like I had a a teammate that we were we were going through similar circumstances and we were discussing it, you know, and and holding each other accountable because it was like, you know, during the slow time, we would say, okay, how are you? How is yours going? Yeah. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. what
1: what what can we do different? Yeah, and, and how can we save more or something like that? So, yeah,
0: I didn't, uh, y'all both got started in budgets a lot earlier than I did. It's funny. I didn't really get started in writing a budget until after I was graduated from college. And after, um, I was in my first career as a newspaper reporter and, uh, I met, uh, this girl who would later become my wife. Um, and, uh, she introduced me to the budgeting program that I learned and it made such a difference and it was because i I'd, I'd always played this mental chess game in my head whereas like I knew how much money I'd received in my paycheck I knew when the bills had to come out and as long as everything cleared, I was okay. but then I would forget that oh shoot, I just went and spent sixty dollars on something over here without realizing that payday is still six days away. My rent comes out in four days and now I'm $60 short of my rent. And so what do I do? <laughs> I had to ask my girlfriend to drive 30 miles to the bank to deposit some money for me. So I, I always joke, I say, I must be very good looking cause she <laughs> obviously didn't marry me for my money. <laughs> and so it's one of those situations where like I, I had to learn the hard way, Mm -hmm. you know, I know what it's like to put gas in your tank, pay your rent and have $20 to last you two weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking dollar menus and ramen. That's really all I could afford to eat for a two week time period. It was, it was tough. And it wasn't until she introduced me to this budgeting program that I was like, okay, so how do I do this? And I was—I was the person who said, "Right, budgeting is easy if you have enough money." You know, it's always everything's easy if you have enough money. It's like if I—if I hit the lottery, I would never have to worry about the budget again. Well, there's a lot of broke lottery winners now because they stopped thought, thought that same thing. You know, mm-hmm. they blew the entire millions of dollars, and now they're filing for bankruptcy because they have no money left and they spent it all on a bunch of useless stuff. They didn't plan for the future. They didn't know what to do. So I think it's important for us to discuss that. And so the next thing I want us to look at is what exactly does a budget mean? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit as a, as a plan, but it's more than just, more than just a plan. It's proactive. Mm,
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and Blake was ahead of, of me in the sense that he had a goal in mind. And I think that kind of, it's more than just putting pen to paper, seeing what you've got coming in and what you've got going out. But it really should be, what do you want to accomplish yeah. uh, with with your finances? What is your financial goal? What does financial freedom look to you as an individual. Yeah. Um, And so I think if you start looking at it from that perspective that, okay, um, so for me, I wanted to pay my car off. That was my first big, big thing. And so, okay, this is what you've got coming in. This is how much you've got going out. What do I need to do? Or where can I double up? Where can I, streamline and trim some things away, so that I can pay my car off sooner. Yeah. And so I think if you have, if you look at it from that perspective, you can set like short term goals, long term goals. And you can, I'm really, you know, I like checking things off, seeing that you've accomplished something. And having that budget helps you to see that financially, oh my goodness, I was able to buy my car. pay it off. Or now I've got enough money. um, I want to take this, you know, this dream vacation. And I think I heard you say one time, Aaron, you know, you want to go and you only want to come back and have the memories. That's right. You don't want to have the, you know, the financial burden of the vacation. Absolutely. You just want to come back with the memories. And so when you have that budget, you can plan ahead for it Yeah. so that it is something that doesn't hit you in the long run, absolutely. you know, and, and cause a strain.
0: For me, that was one of the biggest motivators for me. Whenever we, uh, when my, when my girlfriend, uh, then wife, uh, or now wife first introduced me to this program. Um, it was interesting because I had no idea how to write a budget. I had no idea one, just how to balance my monthly paycheck. But then once we got past the point where we're balancing our monthly paycheck, we, uh, got to where we were setting goals and setting plans i saved up little bits at a time i paid cash for her wedding ring and then i was able to save up more and i paid cash for our honeymoon and it's one of those things that you said we came back from our honeymoon and not having a credit card hanging over us where i have the the memory of the honeymoon because the bills coming in is reminding me of everything that we spent money on but i have the memories of my honeymoon that we had a great time and we're able to come back and be completely at peace with our finances. You know, it did the the budget didn't cause me to have a problem with my finances. Whenever we came back from our honeymoon, and so um, Blake, did you have any thoughts on establishing a budget?
1: Yeah. So. Um- I was just wondering, were there any kind of obstacles that y'all had to like overcome when it when it came to a budget? You know, some some people may just be overwhelmed with the budget to yeah. begin with, but you know, when you write it down, uh, were there were there any problems that just kind of seemed difficult to like? How do how do I get past this?
2: Absolutely, for me. So that initial budget was easy when I was at home with my parents yeah. because. I had just the one expense, and if I ran out of money, didn't have gas money, no big deal. You know, mom and daddy would take care of it. I never had to worry about food. Well, when I actually got to the point where now I was actually on my own, and I got my first summer electric bill, you know, which was so unexpected because I had no idea that your electric bill could vary drastically holy cow yes it does and so um when i got into my house i got into it at the beginning of fall well my electric bill was say 60 dollars yeah you know and so i was writing my budget based on a 60 dollars electric bill thinking that's what it always would be well by the time the summertime came And on my budget, I'm still saying, okay, there's my $60 for my electric bill. Well, July comes and my electric bill is now $250. Mm -hmm. That was not in my budget because that money had already been allocated elsewhere. And so that was a very, it was a hard lesson for me to learn because it basically took three months to get back on track from that one month of dot .budgeting correctly for that expense. So we're going to
0: take a quick commercial break. And whenever we come back from this break, we're going to continue on with our discussion on what putting together a budget actually looks like. So stay tuned. I'm James Sheridan with the TBT Financial
1: Minute. A written monthly budget plan is the key to your financial success in paying down and eliminating debt. First, budget for the essentials, then pay the minimum on all debt accounts. Use the leftover money to pay off your lowest debt faster and continue this pattern until all debts are paid in full. Learn more at TexasBankandTrust.com. TBT Financial Minute is brought to you by Texas Bank and Trust.
2: There is a place in a land we love forged from a fight for freedom and independence, where honor and tradition remain the hallmarks of hope. Rugged idealism and bold adventure sets it apart as faith and family looms large in men's hearts. From east to west you will find, it's more than a state, it's a state of mind. Texas Bank & Trust, always Texas Strong.
0: All right, we are back with my guest, Rochelle Carter, and my co-host, Blake Bradshaw, continuing our discussion on a written budget. So we left from our break discussing what a budget is. So let's actually uh, wrap that up by giving one final thought about a budget is not just something that's proactive, but it's something that's done ahead of time. Like, I think that, that to me was one of the most important things I learned was doing a budget before payday. That to me is so important because when you receive that paycheck in your hand and bills are already holding out their hands to be paid, you don't have time to plan at that point. Mm -hmm. You should have had to plan in place already to know what you're going to do. So
1: discuss that a little bit about what doing a budget before payday means. You know, to me, it's whenever I get that paycheck, there's emotions involved. Normally it's, it's on a Friday, right? Or, um, you know, you got the weekend and so you're thinking about what, what plans you have. And so when, when those emotions start to arise, um, making emotional decisions for your finances can be very dangerous. Yeah. Right. And so,
0: especially if you're a social person, everybody's going to the movies or going out to dinner and you're all, you want to go too, but did you plan for it? Do you have money set aside to to pay for yeah. it?
1: Yeah, and so all you see is the balance in your account, and you're like, "Well, it's there." Yeah. So I I can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like I do this all the time, right. right? And and then all of a sudden those bills hit the next week, and you're like, "Oh, yeah." And so yeah, that it has to be a done ahead of the time because you're also thinking more clearly, right? Mm-hmm. And and logically, and and you're taking time. To look at it uh, from more than just one perspective or in one moment, and so uh, I think it ha- a plan has to be done. You know, nobody nobody goes to war and says, you know, once we get in there, we'll figure out what to do. Right. You know, you come up with a plan, and then as shots are fired, then you start to make those adjustments, right? Yeah.
2: And I like that. And as you were sitting here, immediately I kind of got an acronym for plan. It's a predetermined. Logical analysis of your numbers. Wow. And so predetermined logical analysis of your numbers will help you not be emotional and reactive. Yeah. And so like you said, if you just look at your... um, I know a lot of people, you know, long gone are the days where people actually keep a checkbook register and balance to the penny. So they're looking at their app and they see their check is hit Oh, I've got money. You want to go do this or do that? Yeah, let's go. And, like you said, completely, you know, dismissing the fact that come Monday morning or come next Friday, you have these different obligations that you are responsible for. And so, doing it ahead of time hopefully will keep you out of those emotional pitfalls where you're just, you know, doing those knee jerk things right so it's very important to do it ahead of time absolutely so now we're going
0: to discuss some of the myths some of the things that a budget is not a lot of people have the misconception that they think of as long as things balance then i'm then i'm okay i'm doing a budget but there's more to a budget than just expense tracking right like
1: let's what does that mean yeah. So when, I mean, I was, I bought into that myth, right? Cause yeah. When I graduated from my sticky notes, I was, you know, developing that budget and and I'm finding out, man, there's some things that I'm missing in this budget. And so I, I'd print out my account statement, you know, and I thought I was doing so good highlighting the different categories, putting them in. And I was like, well, this is what I spent last month, you know? And so I used last month, as my plan for this month, you know, as like a set it and forget it kind of thing. And that did not work at all. Right. Um, Because all those unexpected things and, and the seasonalities and, and uh, you know, I was using, um, I was using just other expenses and, and, and I wasn't changing any of my behavior or trying to reach any, any goals. And so uh, it was just, it was almost just like a financial statement of my historical past.
2: Absolutely, you
1: know, and so I, I bought into that, and and uh, uh, it it wasn't it wasn't beneficial.
2: Absolutely, and I think a lot of people probably fall into that, um, just going by their historical what they've done previously, and not really realizing that no, you kind of need to make some adjustments you know, look at what you've done previously, but let's kind of think about, okay, how does this change based on, you know, the seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall, Uh, you know, in the summer that you want to take a vacation, you know, in the fall season, winter season, you've got a lot of holidays. So you're going to be buying gifts or have different, you know, office parties or different things. And so I think putting those things in will help you because, okay, that's not going to be on my bank statement from the previous month mm-hmm. because Christmas wasn't in March. So how do I account for the different the different things that come along throughout the year? And if you're just using your bank statement to look at previous, you know, what were my expenses last month, it won't give you an accurate picture. But unfortunately, more times than not, I think 97% of society probably follows that same myth that if they do it that way, that they're actually budgeting Absolutely. their money. And you
0: just brought up a very valid point that Christmas not is not in March. It's always in December. So when people come to the end of the year and they wonder, what am I going to do with Christmas presents? Why didn't I plan for it? This is why a budget is important because then you can start setting aside some of that money ahead of time and have the money set aside for Christmas instead of waking up choking on your turkey bone, wondering Christmas is in six weeks. What do I do? Holy cow.
2: Absolutely. And, and And, and not to cut you off, but you said it earlier. So many people have the pressure they feel of having to do different things for the holidays and gift giving. So that's where they end up getting themselves in a bind, you know, doing credit cards, taking small loans or whatever. Yeah. And so though Christmas was in December, they are still paying for Christmas well into March or April sometimes because of not planning ahead for that holiday, knowing that Christmas is still December the 25th every year. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's absolutely something that you can plan ahead for, but you have to have it in your mind that that's what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, when you think about that, I mean, you're you're planning for Christmas throughout the year. Sometimes that could be overwhelming. I mean, and then you fall into the to another myth like budgeting is difficult. You know, yeah. like how many people are overwhelmed by creating a budget because of all the things that we said. People think that it's harder than what it what it really is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Um, we talked about it earlier. If you take it in small increments, um, instead of saying, okay, like we just, the analogy we just used for December, well, if I'm trying to think about December and February, I could overwhelm myself. Mm, right. But maybe if you take it in smaller chunks, we talked about, you know, in the beginning when you're starting out, you want to start with baby steps. And so if in the beginning you're only budgeting week to week, that's okay cuz yeah. you want to get started. Yeah. This is something that should be a lifelong journey. Budgeting is not a one and done thing. Absolutely. It's something that you were constantly revamp, re you know, re um look at each time. So if you start out just doing it week to week, that's fine and build yourself up to the point where you can, in February, kind of have a plan for December. I think the worst thing is, if you start being overwhelmed, that you scrap the entire process. Yes. Which Mm -hmm. is what happens a lot of times when people feel overwhelmed. They just say, oh, I can't do it, and so they stop. Or they say, Mm -hmm. I tried
0: that budgeting thing and it didn't work for me.
2: Exactly. So we're going to get into the nuts and
0: bolts here. So we've got our why. We know what our purpose is. We have our income sitting in front of us. We know what our paycheck is going to be. Let's actually start putting together a budget. For me, I know the most important thing for me, and it, Rochelle, you mentioned it earlier too, that paper and pen, like budgeting apps are great. And Texas Bank and Trust has a great one called MyOFM that we can talk about later. But before I trust my budget to a, a gadget or a gizmo or to a, an app, I first want to sit down with a piece of paper, a blank sheet of paper, and my ink pen, and I start by writing my income at the top of my page. If I'm uh, currently I'm in a salary job, previously I'd been in an hourly job where you know how many hours you're going to work on an average week, and you know what your typical paycheck is, you write that number at the top of a sheet of paper. And the process I love the most is called zero-based budgeting which is where you take your income and then you start listing out all of your bills and you list them out by priority. So this is where a discussion we're going to have uh, coming up after this one is on priorities. You're going to list your priorities from your most important priority to your least important priority. And then you you start subtracting. Income minus this equals this. And then you take the next one That number minus this next bill equals this. And you keep going down the list until you reach $0. Mm -hmm. And then once you get to the bottom there, if there's still things that haven't been paid, this is where you go to your next paycheck or your next income source. And you do the same thing again, income source minus these bills. And you work your way down until you reach $0. Then it's also once you see that you can cover everything – if there's money left over, you want to make sure that you give it a name. Don't just do nothing with it. Don't just let it sit there because you're going to very easily blow it. Even if that even if that category you give it is entertainment or you give that category savings because it's important to make sure we put something in savings. You know, Because you can very easily live paycheck to paycheck even on a budget if you didn't budget for savings. And so I think that's one of the most important things to do is sitting down with a piece of paper – and actually, going through this, so let's talk about some of those aspects of putting together a budget. How do you develop your priorities on what needs to be paid first, and based on when it needs to be paid?
1: Well, the the easiest thing I think is is your bills because yeah. um, other those businesses notify you, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, and so you know when they're due, and so you can write down those due dates because um, sometimes they're. Most of the time, they're monthly, yeah. right? And so you might get two paychecks, you might get four paychecks in a month, and uh, but you're only you're only using one paycheck to cover that one bill, right? Or um, it may take an uh, accumulation of paychecks, and so knowing your due dates and those balances, some are going to be fixed, like if it's your mortgage or your rent, right? It's going to be the same. Um, but some are different, right? Like utilities that we talked about. You yeah. know? And so uh, writing those down, I think, is the easiest step. And then you kind of go into that expense tracking on those variables that add up to sometimes more than what your normal bills are.
2: And so I uh, employed just what Aaron talked about, that $0 budgeting method. And I would always take... Um, a just a regular monthly calendar, and I wrote all the bills and the due dates on the calendar. And then I would take my pen, my paper, and pen, and I would write down, uh, because I get paid twice a month by monthly. So this is the income that I have for the 15th. This is the income that I have for the 30th. And I would look at what bills were due, you know, around those those time periods and uh, and subtract for me it was always easier whatever bills were due at the end of the month to pay them with my 15th paycheck Mm -hmm. so really and truly I was ahead instead of behind Mm -hmm. exactly and so um, and then whatever bills were due around the 15th you know they got paid with the end of the month's paycheck so that you're not really behind when you pay those bills and incurring late fees yeah Yeah. and then like you said as far as listing them by priority you've got to have a roof over your head right so that would be number one priority usually your fixed bills are going to be those that are priority they're not going to change your rent or your mortgage your car payment your car insurance those are all things that are absolutely priority or should be Things like entertainment, the internet, um, some of those other things—they vary, but they're not necessities. And so that would be kind of the way I listed them by priority. Absolutely.
1: You know, sometimes when people are in survival mode, they have to choose which priority mm. to pay and which priority not to pay. Absolutely. How do you, how do you know how 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 would someone know like they may think it's a priority, right? They may have a mindset like this car is a priority because transportation is a priority, but maybe it's a different car. So how do you know what is an essential priority? What is maybe n- non-essential or what is maybe a priority no matter what, but maybe we could change the dollar amount of that priority.
2: Well, and I think you just said it. Transportation is a priority, but Do you have a car payment that is too high? So maybe if it's possible, you need to look at downsizing, Mm -hmm. trading in your vehicle. That's not always possible, you know, depending on kind of the terms that you've gotten yourself into, but looking at it and seeing, okay, is there a way for me to change and downsize? Maybe you need to downsize the apartment that you're living in. You're currently in a three bedroom. Maybe you need to move to a two bedroom to lower your expense until you can, you know, afford it without it being a stressor to you. Yeah. So um, uh, having a roof over your head is always going to be a priority. Transportation is always going to be a priority, but you can look and see okay, do I need a $2,500 mortgage? Or could I downsize and have an $1,800 mortgage? Right. You know, those are kind of large numbers, but look at it from that sense um, and then see how can I make adjustments to those things that are essential. They are essential to life, but it doesn't necessarily mean what I have is essential, Absolutely. if that makes sense. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we want our audience to understand is start slow. The biggest thing is just get started. Yeah, Get started and don't get discouraged along the way. You may have to scrap it several times throughout the process. It's okay. Start over, begin again, but just keep getting back up. Absolutely. Just keep getting back up and start again.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the most vital things. There's actually a verse in the Bible that says a righteous man falls seven times, but gets back up. I mean, we're thinking of that same thing with budgeting. It's, you know, when you struggle and it will be a struggle at first, I'm not saying this is an easy process as in you just do it once and you're done, but this is a repetitive process that you're going to continue to adjust. You're going to continue to modify and, um, you know, there's some struggles that we're going to face, but if you do it once and then say, well, that didn't work and I'm not going to try again, you're, you're cutting yourself short. You know, there's so much there that comes down to just discipline. Comes down to priorities. Comes down to making sure that if you want to go on a trip, you set aside a fraction of that cost of that trip each time. You get some money until eventually you have the money set aside to pay for it. You plan ahead. You don't reactively look back and say, "Dang it, I spent so much money on a trip. I can't afford my my rent next month." You know, you you make sure that you. Have your plans in order. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think that's a very important, very important lesson to learn.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: This has been a great discussion today, guys. Thank you so much for being part of the show, Rochelle, Blake, for being on my program today. Uh, Today, in our next episodes, we're going to continue this discussion about handling our finances when we discuss how to handle emergencies, Mm -hmm. because they all happen. Especially in the past few years, we know exactly what that, what it's like to go through a financial crisis when things just aren't on the shelves of the store anymore, or whenever our bank account is drained because we lost a job, all sorts of stuff like that. How do we handle those, those moments? But as we uh, wrap up today, just keep in mind that the information we discussed is for informational and educational purposes only. Your financial situation may be different than someone else's so please reach out to a trained professional in your area to go over your specific needs this program has been a production of tbt studios and texas bank and trust member fdic equal housing lender if you live in one of texas bank and trust markets we would love to serve as your financial institution but if not we hope that you found value in this program please consider liking and sharing our content to help others take control of their financial worlds. Until next time, remember that knowledge is power when it's shared between the T's. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.